Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Backchat. Welcome to Yogaberry, your yoga for scoliosis community. Um, if you are new, um, subscribe. You might want to um, not put those notifications on if you want to be notified of these um, live streams that we have every Wednesday at 4 p.m. my time, which is UK time. Um, but yeah, wherever you are in the world, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you are. Um, curious to learn more about yourself and about your scoliosis. So this is what this channel obviously is, is all about. And I um, started it, uh, oh gosh, it's over, for over five years ago now um, that I started to put out videos, lots of videos of my personal practice um, with my scoliosis. And um, it's been growing ever since. And it's been so nice to see that there are so many of you who are looking for solutions rather than um, just sitting back and waiting for, you know, things to, to go wrong, obviously. So I'm here today to answer your questions. And there have been quite a lot of questions actually in the Facebook group. If you are not part of the Facebook group yet, make sure that you join. It's free, of course. Um, there are over 6,000 people in there now. Um, pretty much everyone has got scoliosis or knows something about scoliosis. So make sure you join that. You will find it if you search for the Yoga for Scoliosis Community by Yoga Berry. Um, so make sure you check that out on Facebook. Again, it's free of charge. And um, I always hear so much great feedback about this group because it's, it's very, very supportive. Um, you can ask all your questions. I'm maybe if, if it's not me who knows the answer, somebody else in there um, will know the answer. And maybe sometimes you just want to have a moan or sometimes you just want to, to talk about what's going on for you in your body um, with your scoliosis. So feel free to use that obviously as well. Good, so before I dive into the questions and obviously if you are here live, make sure um, that you come and talk to me in the chat. So sometimes when I have interview guests, it's a little bit difficult to do everything and to see what's going on in the chat and obviously listen to, to who I've got here. But today it's just me, so I can give you my full attention if you've got any burning questions, make sure that you ask them in the chat. If you are here live, tell us where you are. If you just want to say hello, that's that's fine as well. And I'm going to go to um, the Facebook group. So I've, I've got it here on my on my phone so I can have a look at all the questions. But before I do that, before I forget, we have got a um, day workshop coming up for so for any of any anyone who's maybe in the UK who's maybe local to me and I am based in um, in the southeast I'm based just outside of London um, if you are interested I've got a day workshop coming up on the 17th of July a yoga for scoliosis workshop where we really where we go through all the 
the, the basics of scoliosis. We'll have a look at um, the curvature, understanding scoliosis, and understanding the curve. What does that mean? Does that mean there's certain things that you should be doing that you shouldn't be doing? All of that, lots and lots of practice, of course. We'll do restorative yoga, we'll do active poses, um, we'll do meditation. So if you are interested in that, make sure to check out my website, which is in the in the description below. But yes, 17th of July. So mark it in your diary if you want to join us for that. Good. Lovely. So if you are here live, just let me know that you can hear me okay before I start answering lots of lots and lots of questions, of course. Um, so the first one that I've got is from Charlie in the in the Facebook group. And um, she's saying, so this might sound strange, but I do walking, hiking quite a lot. But I always feel sore and stiff afterwards, especially in back and hips. Is this common or do I need to increase fitness? If the second, would you recommend any particular activities to increase fitness? <coughs> Excuse me. Let me get my drink. So I think that's a great question. Because I'm sure we can all relate to this. Oh, hello, Hand. <laughs> Hand is here from Egypt. I think we can all relate to this. Um, hiking, walking, obviously, is, is always recommended, and lots of lots of um, health pr practitioners would say, "Yes, go for a walk; it's great." And, but then it can be quite um, exhausting, and it, it can be not exhausting in kind of a stamina way. And I don't think that's what Charlie wants to say. I think it's more from a kind of um, a muscular perspective that maybe the body starts to seize up. And she she was saying about um, tightness in the in the hips and the back. Maybe you can relate to this as well. And really, there's no surprise to that because let's face it. So we've got. Let's just think about our our scoliosis. Maybe you know your pattern. Maybe you don't know your pattern. But we know what we do know is it's not just a sideward curvature. It's also a rotation. You know that I always go on about this. But this is important when you doing your walking, of course. So maybe you notice when you're walking, what happens, obviously, you take one leg forwards, and then the opposite arm will come forwards. And then you go to the other side, obviously, and the opposite is happening. Now, if you have already an inbuilt rotation into your spine, maybe you notice that that rotation, you can just try it out where you are right now, maybe you notice how that's easier going one way and harder going the other way. So obviously, if you're if you're walking, and I'm not saying that walking is bad, I think walking is really, really good. But obviously, it kind of um, with every step that you take, there is that imbalance, which maybe gets a little bit amplified. So um, again, very often what happens is that the body is actually able to reset itself when you're walking. But if there is quite a structural, quite a severe structural imbalance, then obviously walking does take a lot of effort because the body, what it doesn't want you to do is obviously be turned like this and then your head is turned that way and you're walking in this direction. It's not going to work. So it's always trying to have you facing forwards. 
and this can obviously take quite a lot of effort. So muscular effort just to, to keep you upright, to, to make sure that you're not walking like a crab walking sideways or that you're not collapsing into your spine, depending on how severe your scoliosis is. So that is just to say that there's no surprise that for a lot of us, this, this, um, this can be quite strenuous. And um, so there have been already quite a few great suggestions, obviously, in the Facebook group. Some people said walking sticks, you know, that might be a great idea. And I, I would I would definitely if you if you're doing kind of a, a strenuous hike and you know you're going to be doing that for quite a long time, um, I would definitely say, why not use your use your walking sticks? You don't want to start relying on them, of course. So you do want to make sure that you are strong enough to support yourself. But sometimes that's just not possible. So um, I would maybe pay attention to some of your patterns. What you could also maybe notice is um, when you're walking, does one arm swing more than the other? So that's just kind of another kind of good something to think about, at least. Right. It doesn't mean that you can uh, correct it straight away, but just paying attention to, to some of these habits. And obviously, making sure that you take breaks, that um, you release your back if it's if it's pressure on the on the back, of course. What are the movements that you know helping you to to get out of that pain? And maybe that's to lie down. Obviously, you don't want to do that on your hike. Um, but what people very often do is they do kind of like a half downward dog stretch and bring their hands onto onto something and stretch back just to stretch the back for a moment. That can be super useful. Good. So Laura is saying, what about uh, using a girdle while walking long periods? So yeah, you, you know, what whatever you can do to to um, to help, of course, to you know, people always ask me about back braces. Again, I'm not I'm, I'm not a huge fan of wearing a back brace unless you really need it but sometimes it can be super useful so i've got one of my my private clients um she's sitting at the piano for hours and hours and hours and if she knows obviously then she can't just kind of get up walk away and you know do her exercises and then come back you know if she's got like long rehearsals or um she's got a concert or a performance or anything like this so then, of course, she will wear her back brace just to give herself a little bit extra support. So that can definitely be useful. What I would try to avoid is, is then um, relying on it for, you know, for, for all these things. You don't want to do that. But if you know this is exceptional, this is going to be long periods of time, you just want to enjoy your hike, then, of course, you, um, that's, a, that's a really, really good thing to do. Um, so these are just a couple of things to think about. Now, what I would say in terms of um, increasing fitness, I would say if you if you do a lot of walking, then then maybe think about um, the things that you could do to complement this activity. So obviously, walking, you are um, on your feet, which is which is really really good. Now I have got. If you have ever been to my my Wednesday class, which is a part of my Shine membership, 
you know that I love working on the feet and and it's just something that is super super important for um, good posture so whenever we have a class we always have some sort of um, ankle foot strengthening in there um, releasing um, moving the toes anything like this it's, it's really really important to work on the feet which is going to help you with so many other activities and we could go into a lot more detail this has got something to do with the connections not just physically as kind of the base of your posture but also the connections to your brain so that's really really important good um so laura saying many times i must remain in zoom meetings where i can't stand and elongate what to do yes and this is this is kind of um the same thing as we've got with my well same thing similar thing to my next question from becky which uh and becky was saying my daughter has begun a um gcse exams today and after her first one which was one hour and 45 minutes she had to come home from school due to pain in her back any tips and advice to help prevent pain would be gratefully received so yes we're coming to um sitting obviously and you know and i you know worst example here right now i am not actually i could be standing up but i am actually sitting terrible on this yoga chair um which is not ideal at all but i'm not what i'm not doing is i'm not leaning back well also because there isn't a very comfortable rest but i try to avoid um leaning back if i can because then i can much more bring my my back in a nice neutral position so if i'm, I'm going to turn around and show you from the side what i mean turn this back a little bit so i'm if i turn my chair around it's going to be better so what i don't want to do and again this one doesn't have a backrest so i am not tempted even to to kind of lean back here and slouch but i could right this would put um my pelvis in a really really bad situation you can see my shoulders start around my head is forward so this is kind of the the worst position to be in for long periods of time so what i always make sure is that i can first of all move my pelvis again i'm going to bring it down a little bit more so if i sit a little bit more on the edge of my chair and you can obviously try this wherever you are sitting right now can you move your pelvis forwards and backwards and if you can do that you can maybe notice as well where this point is where your spine kind of feels the longest so i don't know if you can maybe see this when i roll my pelvis back everything starts to kind of collapse for me and then i roll my pelvis forwards and then i come to this position certainly feels the most upright. And then if I go too far forwards, I'm kind of collapsing again, then I'm starting to collapse into, into this position. But there will be a, a happy somewhere in between um, where you feel the, where you feel really, where you feel tall, where you feel aligned. Now, this doesn't mean that this is going to be super comfortable. For long periods of time because let's face it no posture nothing is comfortable 
for very long periods of time. So we are designed to move and to change position. It's not natural for us to be in the same position for long periods of time. So what can you do, of course, if you have to, right? So Laura is saying um, she's got her, her Zoom meetings. What can you do to, to be able to, um, to maintain this? And maybe you can get a standing desk. So I do, I do have this, this stand, which I can use and put on a, put on a, a table, for example. So if I knew that I'm going to be here for, for a long period of time, I would make sure that I can stand. If I am sitting down again for long periods of time, I'm making sure that I've got support. Right. So if I sit uh, at my desk at my office, for example, I make sure I've got some lumbar support there so that I don't start to kind of collapse in into the lower back. So really, really important to have um, as much support there as necessary. And then the other thing I'm going to show you, actually, I'm just going to get my yoga belt. Should have prepared this beforehand. But there you go. Um, this is a great tip which I got from uh, from Meredith Weiss, who is a Schroth therapist, and um, she gave me this advice for long periods of, of sitting and you can do this. So she originally it was about meditation because I asked about how can I make sure that I can sit aligned <laughs> in my meditation practice right because i always felt like everything just starts to seize up and i just you know my convexity gets really angry and i feel like i need to mm, do something like this or does anyone have this kind of feeling like when you relax for example what do you do like i would cross my legs for example that would be kind of one thing or i would I would kind of turn or hold my head. <laughs> now, this is all, these are all signs that we're kind of lacking stability and we're creating stability from somewhere else, which is not a bad thing. So this is, this is a good thing to do, of course. But if you cross your legs for long periods of time, you're bringing in some hip imbalance, of course, as well. So this is where the belt is, what the belt is for. So I'm going to show you how to use this. You have to have a fairly long belt. So this is kind of a long Iyengar um, yoga belt. Um, you could also, I've done this with a couple of scarves, just tying them up to make something longer. It doesn't really matter what it is. So you can be creative here. So you bring this around um, your waist. And then I'm bringing this in between my legs and wrapping it around my knees. And then you want to make sure that this is long enough to be able to tie it. So this is just about long enough for me. There we go. And what this does is that it gives you some support here and you can, you can, change where exactly you want this this belt as well so for some people if you have this habit of um, tilting the pelvis forwards too much which is another habit so it depends on what you have 
this is quite nice because you can now rest into this. And this is why this was so useful for me because oh, I can just relax here. I don't have to like hold on for dear life to be able to hold myself here. For other people who tend to kind of collapse back, this pushes you forwards, especially if you bring that second belt a little bit higher up. So this is just a really, really, um, yeah, it's just something to try out. And maybe this um, gives you a little bit of, um, yeah, some support. So this is my, this would be my tip for also for, for Becky's daughter, obviously, who is um, in her exams right now. Um, I know this is always difficult, right? When as, as teenagers, especially if you if she's going to be there and wrapping the belt around herself, um, <laughs> there are other things. There are there are certain type of back braces. I'm sure that you can that you can get as well. Just just for this, but this is quite a it's quite an easy thing to do, really. So I don't know. Maybe maybe she she would have a go and maybe she would try because obviously what she can't do is kind of get up and walk around in the in the middle of her exam. So. Um, you can definitely try this out. Let me know how that goes. And Laura's asking, uh, stability for me is sitting in Baddha Konasana. So that's your most comfortable position. So feet together, knees out to the sides on the floor. That's, yeah, I'm wondering if that's what you mean. Is that the, the, the most comfortable for you? Which is not a bad thing, right? Because at least that's not asymmetric. Um, and you are obviously I know that I know Laura from from the classes, so I know that you've got very, very flexible hips. But obviously, what you want to make sure is that you don't start to sink into the lower back. Too much. Good. I'm hoping that that's with the back supported. Yes. So that's another thing, obviously, if you can, if you have an influence on what type of chair you've got um backrest just have a look at it first maybe have a look at somebody else sitting in it um and then you can kind of make a decision for yourself because if they are very just kind of a straight back that doesn't work for most people either so then you kind of want again maybe some sort of lumbar support I sometimes put something um, kind of uh, into the into the mid back so that when I rest, I can have my chest lifted. So use all the use some support. That would be really my my tip for long periods amount of um, of sitting if you cannot get around and and walk. The other thing to do is obviously if you so we've just kind of talked about the natural curves of the spine. But if you know you collapse into one side, right, if this is your pattern, kind of a right thoracic curve, then maybe you rest your left arm on something so that you don't collapse. It has to be high enough, of course. So I don't know, maybe you can you can build something on your on your um, desk, for example, to to give you some support and even make this then your resting position, right? So that you're going against your curvature, not 
in your not hanging out in your curvature. I'm hoping that that helps. <laughs> Let me know. And there's me crossing my legs again because I haven't got my belt. Um, good. So we've got another question about uh, back, uh, about neck pain. I'm looking for a good pillow to ease my scoliosis and morning neck pain. Which one would you recommend? So in terms of pillows, um, it kind of depends on if you're lying, if you sleep on your back or if you sleep on your side, hopefully you're not sleeping on your belly. Um, but if you're sleeping on your side or on your back, that would be kind of a different type of pillow. When you're lying on your back, you just want to make sure um, you want smaller, a smaller pillow, a little bit of a, of a flatter pillow depending on if you've got kind of um, quite a lot of kyphosis or not you do want to make sure that your your chin is not kind of sticking up towards the ceiling so you want it to be high enough that you can still drop your chin if you're lying on your side then it depends on the ratio of kind of shoulder to ear so for me i've got quite a, a narrow head my shoulders are relatively broad, so I need quite a thick pillow. If your shoulders are quite narrow, um, then maybe you don't need such a such a high pillow. But when you're lying on your side, just um, maybe again, have someone take a picture of you when you're in the position. If your head is kind of dropping like that, then that's not good. Then that means you need a, um, a higher pillow. So that's what I would say about this. I have a memory foam pillow, which to me is just so amazing. And if I don't have it, I don't sleep very well. So, but again, that's, is, that is kind of personal preference. I do sleep on my side though, I have to say. Good, anyone else have got any pillow recommendations or questions? <laughs> Good. So Hannah is saying, hi, Christine, I have increased muscular pains in my chest from collapsing into a hunch too often when sat at my desk. Would you ever recommend a chiro osteopath for this or yoga only? Um, uh, pff, do it all if you can. <laughs> um, I think I think they all help. I think you it's not so much what therapy it is. I think it's more about the therapist themselves. That's what I find. And that's what I have um, experienced over the years. So it's not so much what technique they use. It's more about their knowledge, um, their experience. You have to trust them, obviously, as well. So there's that element. And then it's kind of, it depends on... Um, preference really so chiropractor um, for me this has only ever worked in a very very short time again I'm talking just about my personal um, experience some other people might find this amazing I find they they're great at like you know getting you mobile again in certain areas that maybe have been stuck but then if you don't actually do your movement your yoga practice then it just kind of goes back to to where it was relatively quickly osteopath i am the, um, um i have also learned over the years that the same profession doesn't mean the same thing in every country so i'm here in the uk and um i think 
osteopaths ha have a very, very extensive um, education here in the UK, from my understanding. And they are probably my favorites in terms of releasing anything. So if I have a problem, I go to my osteopath because I know that he can um, not fix me because that's that's not how it works. But he can do the things that you cannot do yourself in your in your yoga practice. So there is something about manual therapy um, that is just very, very useful for for those with um, scoliosis, just releasing the, the, the different areas and just kind of, again, it's like a reset basically for me. And, and very often I kind of come out, come out of from, a, from the treatment um, and I don't feel so great. <laughs> but then the next day it's amazing because he would have just kind of manipulated the, the right places. And then it's almost like the body is like, ah, that's better. And then you can, then you feel like you can, you can move about again. So I would say to that, um, it's a good idea to do both. So be active, do your exercises. And then if, if you need extra help, then go and see someone. What I'm not a fan of is somebody saying to you, um, you're going to have to come to me now uh, every whatever, twice, twice a month, um, forever and ever and ever. That's not right. right? And my, my osteopath actually said to me, look, if, if it's not better um, within three treatments, then I'm doing something wrong. Then I'm not the right person for you. I love that, right? That's, um, I think that's, that's what it should be. You shouldn't start to kind of rely on, on that at all. Good. Uh, you're welcome, Hannah. I hope that was helpful. Okay, Laura, did you try the yoga belt? I just did the sitting with the yoga belt, as you recommended, while watching you just now. And it's great. Good. Excellent. <laughs> yes, and anyone who might have missed it, um, just go go back a little bit in the in the video. So um, it, I find this is a, a great tool. It's a little bit fiddly sometimes. Um, but if, again, if you know you're going to be there for a long period of time, and by the way, actually, what I sometimes do, so I just showed you how to do this, but what I do sometimes, if I want to be quick, and because I know now how to do this, I tie the belt first. I'm just making sure it's all secure, and then I put it around like that, and you can always move it. And then I put it over my knees. This is the second way of doing this. Kind of the shortcut, right? <laughs> so I'm putting it over my knees. And then again, I can change it around. So I like to have one quite low, actually, and then one a little bit higher. <sighs> and then I can leave it there. I just keep it here for now. So this really kind of... it. it keeps you in place, right? It, it kind of, it gives you that support. Um, similar support to when you're kind of crossing your legs. So why people cross their legs is because they're lacking the stability. And this is like an external way of giving yourself a little bit more um, stability without having to 
rotate the pelvis because that's what's happening when you cross your legs, of course. So again, if you do this for long periods of time and sit there with crossed, um, crossed legs, that's just going to bring in some other um, imbalances as well. Good. So what else have we got? Okay. So this is about Schroth therapy and um, CS, which are the scoliosis specific exercises. Is it possible to learn this um, if you don't have a therapist in your area using books, YouTube videos, etc.? I've been diagnosed with a curve that is causing me issues, but I haven't seen an author. I have read so many great things about these methods, but don't see any information about clinics that offer them in my area. So what I would say to this, and I have done some, some Schwarz therapy, I don't think you can learn it from a book. Um, and I don't think you can, there's a reason why there aren't any <laughs> or any or many vid YouTube videos about the Schroth method because it's so individual, right? So, um, but you can definitely find Schroth therapists that um, offer Zoom sessions, for example. So I have done that. The best thing is to have someone there in person because what they also do is they are kind of, when you're doing the exercise, they're standing behind you. They're making sure that, you know, they use touch, they use kind of the guidance with their hands to make sure you're breathing into the, into the correct places. It's very complicated. This is what I would say to this. And I think Schroth therapy is great, but it's very, very difficult to do on your own. Um, you kind of have to have someone there. Again, if you have a Zoom session, if you have some sort of good body awareness, you might be able to do it, but a lot of people can't. A lot of people have to have someone there actually physically with them. So that was from uh, Myra. So I'm hoping that that's useful for you. So see if you can maybe find someone who does, um, who does Zoom sessions and who can help you with that. Good. And then we've got, I'm going to do one more. I'm just realizing the time. It always goes so quickly, right? Um, because that's an easy one, right? Hi, everyone. Should we do yoga once a day or twice, morning and evening? So if you are here live, I want to hear from you and tell me what, how would you answer this question and what do you do, right? And I can tell you what I do. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I do yoga four times a day <laughs> and sometimes I don't do yoga at all. Don't tell anyone. Um, but it kind of depends on what's going on, really. Ideally, you want to do a little bit every single day. So consistency is absolutely key. But you've got other things to do, right? Your, your life is not just about your yoga practice. Maybe it is, right? But even for me as a yoga teacher, my life is not just about the yoga practice. I've got children. I've got a, I've got a house. Um, I've got things to do, really. So I make sure I make time for it. So that's, that's very important. For a lot of people, consistency is or um, having a fixed time can be really useful. So if that means for you in the morning, 
you take your 15 minutes and do your practice and then that's it. That might be great. Or you might be that sort of person who's like, I need to, before I go to bed, I really want need to de-stress. I need to really do something in which case you can obviously practice in the, in the evening. For me, these times personally don't work because in the morning I'm getting the kids ready. In the evenings, um, I've got my husband there and he, you know, he, he would like some attention as well. So I have to do it during the day. So that's my time when, when I practice. So when you practice, obviously, um, will be very personal. So you will know, right? If you wake up in the morning, you're feeling stiff, that's a sign you need to practice in the morning. If you can't go to sleep in the evening, that means you need to practice in the evening, probably. Good. Hi, Amy. Amy, oops, Amy is saying, I have right thoracolumbar scoliosis at 26 degrees, but have trouble straightening my left leg when lying down. Any idea what this is? So right thoracolumbar scoliosis, 26 degrees. So it's, it's a moderate, um, moderate curvature but have trouble straightening my left leg when lying down. Do you mean just lying on your back, back flat and having your left leg straight? Is that what you mean? And um, yeah, I would be interested in knowing more about this. It's not a typical thing, I would say. Um, so I just need a little bit more information about this because it could be a number of things, right? It could be, I don't know, maybe it's something in your knee, maybe it's your muscles, maybe it's your hamstring. Um, there isn't a reason, there isn't a direct reason why the scoliosis should prevent you from being able to, to straighten your leg, um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, sorry, I would need a little bit more info on that. I do have, I've got one client in, in um, well, I have a few clients actually in my classes who, who have got really tight hamstrings and who find it difficult um, to like, for example, in downward dog have, have straight legs, right? But that's quite, um, that's more, that's not so much to do with scoliosis, but that's more more to do with maybe sitting too much, uh, long periods amount of, of sitting. Some people just naturally have short, shorter hamstrings um, and just have to kind of release and lengthen a little bit more in that department. Good, lovely everyone. Thank you so much for all your questions. Thank you so much for participating here in the in the chat, obviously, as well. I hope our little belt solution um, is useful. Feel free to try it out. Let me know in the comments if that was useful for you. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions, reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.